Welcome to this week's episode of the Rutledge Perspective Podcast. I am thrilled to have my guest with me today, Miss Janice Sutherland, or Mrs. Janice Sutherland. And you're going to hear from her accent. She's not from around here, and she, but she's amazing, and I cannot wait for you guys to meet her. And as usual, I'm going to give you just a little quick snippet of her bio, but her full bio will be in the show notes. So Mrs. Janice Sutherland is the CEO and founder of This Woman Can, which is an award-winning leadership and personal development company rooted in career coaching for ambitious mid-career women of color, supporting them to realign their careers while staying true to their personal values and professional priorities. She is also the author of an international bestseller and has her own podcast called This Woman Can. Janice, thank you so much for being here. Oh, you're welcome, Laurel. Thank you so much for, for having me as a guest. Yeah, I am. I am really excited. And I think there's a few things that I want people to, to really take out of this. And one of those is I want them to get to know you and what you're doing, and kind of mm-hmm. the philosophy and your journey. But the other piece is, which I think is so powerful around this interview that we're doing today, is that the two of us operate in the same space. Yes, we And do. there's so mm-hmm. much fear, right, of scarcity, right? <laughs> oh, I can't do that. I can't have somebody do this. I can't talk about it. I can't promote somebody. But here's the deal. One, there are billions of people on the planet. That's number one. And number two, everyone doesn't resonate with everyone. There is plenty to go around. So let's start with you. So tell us and take us through kind of your journey to who you are now with This Woman Can't. Well, let me give you a little very potted history. Yes, you said my accent. Um, so as you can hear, English. Eng- sometimes I'm more English than the Queen on a good yes. day. And, um, but I was, I'm UK born of Caribbean parentage, yeah. but I actually live in Antigua and Barbuda. So I Lovely. moved out here with my now husband almost 11 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd have senior roles in the UK. Um, this is my second marriage. I had children who are now fully grown men, yeah. I hasten to add. <laughs> and um, when I met my, my husband, he basically told me he wasn't staying in the UK. Oh. He planned to go to Jamaica because that's where his family, that's mm-hmm. his family's from. And I said, mm, come and see Antigua. Come and yes. see Antigua. It's a lot, <laughs> it's a lot quieter. And uh, we made that decision. We bought the land, built the house, mm-hmm. got married out here. We like mm-hmm. to tell people we left home because yes. once my youngest took his own sweet time to get to university, yes. we decided it was time for us to branch out and do something for ourselves. So I came, we came out here. Or I came out here first, actually, because I managed to get a job. Okay. I landed a job with the uh, local telecoms company. Great. And the plan when I the plan, I'm not going to say it's retirement, yeah. but I wanted to slow down from the speed yeah. I was working at in the UK as I had senior roles, contact mm-hmm. center sales, you know, done it all. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to take a take a step yeah. back, you know, take it, you know, take it easy. Yeah. And that didn't happen. <laughs> That didn't it never happen. does. <laughs> no, and I'm not one. I'm not one to kind of shy away from opportunities. Mm-hmm. So I worked for this company, and after about three or four years, they wanted me to be the CEO. They offered me a CEO position, yeah. and I'm like, oh, oh, do I really want to do it? Because all the position, all the CEOs I've I've worked with yes. or worked under were pale, male, and stale. Yes. So I remember saying to my so saying to my boss, I said, look at this. I said, that's how you want me to lead. I can't do that because that is right. not me. The reason I've got to be as successful as I am because I'm authentic to me Mm -hmm. and I'm even more authentic now because I always tell, I always tell my mentors, I don't, I'm not on that career trajectory. I don't, I'm not that 
enamored with getting to the top because I'd reached the top. Yes, yes. Um, so eventually I took this CEO role. I became the first female, first female black Antiguan yeah. CEO yeah. Um, for the telecoms, com- telecoms, not just the company, the country. I love They've it. Never had a woman yeah. um, at the helm in the industry, and not just for Antigua, but for another tiny, small island, mm-hmm. but significant nonetheless, yeah. Montserrat. So I yeah. became a dual country CEO, and then I said after a couple of years, "Well, dang, I didn't come this hard. Didn't come this far to work so hard yes. for somebody else." And I knew the restructure happening I want to do something different Mm -hmm. I just didn't know what it was I didn't have my I didn't have my finger on it Mm -hmm. so I gave them six months notice so look I'll take you for the restructure I've employed all these people they're not they're more than numbers you know and you're forgetting that these are people so I want to be I had some sense of responsibility for looking Mm -hmm. after them and then and their next move and um I took a sabbatical probably for a year and I remember kicking myself during that year thinking I should be doing, I should be doing something. Yes. And my coach then, because all good coaches have one. Yes. My, my, co- my coach then reminded me that you have spent your entire life doing what you're doing. Yes. And one week you're going to get out of your system. Mm-hmm. So I had to give myself the grace. And one of the things I learned very much was patience. Yes. Because yes. I was so used to being a very aggressive, very high pressured, lots of speed, mm-hmm. get the answers, get it done, the solutions, Janice, do it now. Yes. But I really struggled to get out of that mentality. Mm-hmm. And um, I decided, I'd already, I, I always loved coaching anyway, and I was always mm-hmm. qualified as a coach while I was working. Yeah. So I decided, let me move into coaching. And I'll be honest, I, I, I went into leadership coaching. Yes. So that's what I know. I'm the eldest yeah. of six. I've always been a leader. Right. You know, I, I've always been a leader. It's what I know. But it just didn't work. It just yes. didn't. I was, I was absolutely tired of having making decisions at some point and having responsibility. I remember having this conversation with my husband. Yes. I don't even want to decide what's for dinner. Right. Right. <laughs> don't want to make another decision. No, I spent my whole life doing that. Yeah. So, um, so I, I played, I dabbled in the leadership coaching, mm-hmm. but it really wasn't working for me. And I think one of the things we need to remember, I mean, for this time I'm, I'm over my, I'm over 50 now. Yeah. definitely over 50 mm-hmm. so it's like oh what am I going to do what am I going to do you yeah. know take the pressure off yes take the pressure off you you'd plan to be you know to give yourself that time and the grace yes. to find what you wanted to do and what I was finding was that naturally women were coming to coming to me yes. women I wasn't saying who I was working with mm-hmm. but it was black women were coming to me and I want yes. to know how you do this I'm not having my career how did yes. you do it Janice I'm like well what? this is naturally evolving so yes. Let me just lean into what to what that space is. Mm-hmm. Let me just see what it looks like. Yeah. And I've been there ever since. Yeah. Well, it's and since. that's what I love about about your story is that, and when I look back, because I'm getting ready to do a, a, a master class, and when I think about my trajectory as well, it's you know, you go that way because you're in the habit of yes. working that hard and working yeah. for someone else yeah. and doing what everyone else thinks you Absolutely. should be doing. But if you give yourself a chance to pause and Mm -hmm. see what really comes to you and what really 
One gives you joy, but also what really gravitates toward that genius that is yours. You will find yourself maybe doing something where you said, you're never going to do that. Because I know I said I was never going to talk to people about careers ever, 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 ever. And right? you know, it's funny you say that because I still shied away from saying, yes, coach. That's not what I do, but it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's really strange how, you know, words matter. And I say that all Mm -hmm. the time and how not only do they matter because we want to make sure we're conveying the appropriate meaning, but they also matter because of what we hear when we say the words. So when I heard career coaching, it immediately put in front of me all of these people that I thought about, they're like, go get this job, go get this, go go." You know what? It is not my lane to tell you what job to have. All I'm trying to do is help you get clear on what you want so you can decide what to do. Right. So let's talk a little bit about because that's a that's a big thing to go ahead and decide to take this CEO role, because everybody thinks, especially if you're in that corporate arena, whether that is a for profit or non for profit. Right. Mm -hmm. But when Mm -hmm. you're in that corporate arena and you're you're moving up, up, up and you're taking bigger and bigger roles, people get an idea of what that means, but is extremely lonely at the top, but there's a whole different set of not only skills, but mindset you have to have at that senior role. Talk a little bit about how you had to switch moving into that. Now I'm CEO of two countries. Never a true word, never a true (laughs) word. And, you know, I mean, it was a, I was a Caribbean, a Caribbean based company, but Mm -hmm. global. Yes. And so you would go. So I had my first board experience. Well, I used to go to board with my boss. He didn't have me, you know, shadow him. He was yes. very good at doing that. He was a fantastic sponsor. Mm-hmm. You know, so that was that was that was invaluable. But nothing prepares you for getting up. This whole board experience we had where you literally spend yes. the whole day prepping. You'd already spend hours, maybe half the month, prepping yes. your board story report because nobody wants to hear your excuses. Right. They want to hear your solutions. You're there to make a profit. This business is here to make mm-hmm. a profit. And what are you doing, Janice, to make sure it does that? Yes. We have shareholders. We mm-hmm. have employees. We have, you know, bankers who want us to pay, yes. who want us to pay back. So you go into the boardroom and you'd have these sea of faces and you literally be sweating thinking, yes. I'm actually writing a, a chat about this in my book and thinking, wear comfortable shoes, wear comfortable yes. shoes. Yes. <laughs> nothing. You know, it sounds bad, but when that corn starts throbbing on yes. your fancy shoes, you put on, you know. Yes. <laughs> yes. Distraction. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so, so, and it was, and for me, it was also understanding yeah. the people in the room. Yes. You have to, as much as you possibly can, you probably only see these people once a month, Mm -hmm. but you have to know their buttons. What is it they're going to hone in on? Or Mm -hmm. what's that you said about words? What word are they going to hone in on that you've said Mm -hmm. that could actually give you actions you weren't prepared to receive? Yes. No. So Mm -hmm. it was really reading the room, knowing what, you know, second guessing all the time what they're going Mm -hmm. to ask I don't want to say it's a firing squad, but it's a firing right. squad. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you know, you're, there to deliver, you're there to deliver results. And mm-hmm. as you said, it's lonely at the top. Um, I did I did kind of create my own little network of other yes. CEOs that yes. I, could, I could talk to. But you mm-hmm. couldn't talk to your subordinates. And sometimes one of the biggest things you have to do is translating yeah. what the messages are so that your people... Yeah. Your people not only not only understand mm-hmm. what it is you're trying to go, you're trying to tell them, but they can they actually can buy in to the yes. vision that you're trying to create. 
you right. know there's so many moving parts um to being to being the ceo from mm-hmm. making those decisions you know i was if i can liken my position to maybe like the ceo of um at&t mm-hmm. or Verizon, or you know mm-hmm. like us but very accessible small yes. island yes if you would come into reception you'd have a customer sitting there yes telling you about your service in not mm-hmm. so in not so uncertain work you know right you mean <laughs> right? the supermarket people say i saw you mm-hmm. your miss is this your miss is ceo yes you can fix this and yes. one of the things i also realized the definite position was that people wanted to know didn't necessarily want to know you right they wanted to know what you could do for them and there's a big difference yes. big difference big, big difference yes so you can't allow your and i say this a lot of women allow mm-hmm. their identity to yes. become entwined into that title you have mm-hmm. to separate the two. Oh my gosh oh my gosh <laughs> you know what because here's the thing everybody because we're human beings right there is a tendency to get caught up in your title and I yeah. tell people all the time, don't worry about the title. You are not your title, right? You are not your job. And, yeah. and I don't know about you, but when I first left, and I think this happened to you too, when I first left and decided to do my own thing, it was like, are you kidding me? Why are yeah. you leaving? Oh. You got a senior role. You got this job. Yeah. You got this title. You got this money. You got, what are you doing? Right? Because yeah. you begin to identify yeah. with who you are, but more important, even if you are really good at not identifying yourself and your self-worth with your title and your company, mm. other people begin to define you that they way. They do. And they so do. you have to understand how you're showing up and how you can make sure that you remain you mm-hmm. and you behave for your title. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? That's absolutely right. Absolutely correct. So, you know, I quickly learned once I left that role mm-hmm. that, you know, to, to put it quite bluntly, I didn't have, I wasn't worth anything to them because I couldn't do anything for them. Right. You know, I wasn't a position. Yep. And so I was so, you know, and I, but I really, I knew that early mm-hmm. on, you know, mm-hmm. I was big enough and old enough and mature yes. enough and wise enough to realize yeah. that this is, this is just a, this is not what I want long-term anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it was strategic for me, almost yes. take that position because I knew I'd be the first. You mm-hmm. can never take that away. Right. Right. You can, never take that, you can never take that away. Yeah. You know, so I had to be quite strategic about it, but also realize that once I'm gone, I no longer serve a proverbial purpose for certain people in the room. Yes. Well, and I think what's in, what's interesting about what you just said, and, and I really want people to hear that is sometimes you take a role because it is a strategic move, yeah. Yeah. right? I really, I heard this from, from a senior HR professional at um, Marathon years ago, probably three or four years ago. And she said at Marathon, they stopped talking about career paths and they started talking about career flow. And I thought that was masterful because mm-hmm. even when I look back at my career, I couldn't have planned it. I did so many, so much different stuff, right? Went to so many different places, did so many different roles, which enabled me to do and be who I am now. But you have to think about what you're going to do next strategically for what your ultimate goal is, because not everything is a straight line, right? So you knew this wasn't your be all and end all, but it made sense when you did an evaluation at the time. Absolutely. And I've always been very strategic about my career. 
-hmm. You know, I think and I look back, I've all, you know, I've never stayed maybe an organization more than three or four years. Mm -hmm. I've, you know, got to the top what I want to do. I've asked and said, look, this is my next position. Yes. This is what I'd like to do. But if you're not forth, if you have always had the mindset, if you can't, if you can't give me what I want, somebody else can. Yes. So I've never tied myself per se to an organization where Mm -hmm. you bleed, you cut me, I bleed that particular organization. I'm loyal to you while I'm working there, as Mm -hmm. long as it fits, aligns with my values. Yes. You know, but if it starts to make me feel uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. or if it starts to make me second guess what I'm doing, or it's not Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. It's time for me to move. You know, okay, so I want to dig into that a little bit more because we do have a tendency to not only identify with the role, but begin to identify with our organization. And now the more organizations have gotten woke about having a purpose, right, (laughs) bigger than the shareholders, which, you know, nobody's stupid. We all know that we went, we've been a long way from stakeholders and a long time Mm -hmm. in shareholders, right? But companies at least are getting smarter about having some kind of bigger purpose that people can attach themselves to, yeah. right? So that knowing that it's a job, but there's still a, a good percentage of people who really want to feel like if they're going to spend all this time and all this effort, that there's a reason they're doing it and that there's some yeah. purpose. But they still have a tendency, at least in professional services, when I was in professional services, do these golden handcuffs, right? So they pay you a whole lot of money and then they make you think like you don't have a choice. Yes. You got to yes. stay there. There's yeah. no yeah. one that's going to give you another opportunity. There's nowhere going to pay you enough money, all of these kind of things. And we get caught up in that rhetoric to actually believe that we don't have a choice, that mm-hmm. we're not going to have as much value, that we can't possibly be okay somewhere else because it's the enemy we know. Even if we hate it, if we're miserable, yes. Yes. it's the enemy yeah. we know. Yeah. So talk a little bit, Janice, about how you unwind that mindset of, I have to stay here because you gave me a job or you gave me an opportunity. How do you help people? And how did you personally unwind that connection between my worth and my capability in the organization? When I worked in the UK, it was Mm -hmm. fairly easy to do. It was very easy to do that because, because it was much a wider market. I could, Mm -hmm. I knew I could go to a job. The choice was much there. Mm -hmm. When I moved here, when I came Mm -hmm. to, when I came to the Caribbean, when I came to Antigua, um, there are very few organizations that operate at the level I was operating mm-hmm. at. Right. So it was a really big decision for me to think, oh my gosh, I'm going to be, I'm, I was the main breadwinner. It's a yeah. really good salary. I'm not, I'm, and I knew I couldn't walk into another CEO role in the country at mm-hmm. that level because they did that role did not exist. Right. Right. So I, I, you know, I did wrestle with myself about, did have the golden handcuffs. So yeah. what am I going to do? But I'll be honest, one of the things that started happening for me is mm-hmm. that my body started rebelling. And that's the best yes. way to say it. My body started rebelling. I was the right, I was the word that rhymed with itch at home. Yes. Yes. Because I was just not happy what I was doing. And mm-hmm. um, I started gaining weight. And now it could be other things, other transitions of that, course. We, that we don't talk about. Of but course. <laughs> but that wasn't top of my mind. Yeah. I was yeah. stressed. I yes. was really stressed and I was at odds thinking you're operating, you're, the organization's going away that I don't want to go in anymore. Right. What am I going to do? You yeah. know, so, 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 the, so one of the long, one of the hardest things for me to do, and I teach this to the women I work with, mm-hmm. is to what are the conversations you need to have? The first one is with yourself. You have to be yes. honest. Yes. Be honest with yourself as to what's happening to you. What, and, it's, and it's scary because you're thinking, oh, well, what am I going to do? 
And then who are the other people that you need to have a conversation with? And it's not always your spouse. Right. Because they have a vested interest in you being in that role. Yes. Honestly, honestly, I was fortunate. My husband, he already worked for himself and he was out here Mm -hmm. because he wasn't a national. He had to work for himself. Right. You know, so so I used to see him hop along, skip and do what he was doing and be all day. Right. Like, how is he so happy? And I said, look, this isn't working for me anymore. And he goes, well, if it's not what you want to do, you've done it for seven years. You don't want to do it anymore. You don't Don't. do it. Make a choice. And I was like, yes, you know, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Then it was creating the plan. So, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. What is your plan? And as I said, yes. the first was give myself six months' notice, mm-hmm. a bit of a buffer, had some mm-hmm. time to think, and then just and then just allow myself, allow myself yeah. to go with what was happening. Take the fear away. Yes. But yes. I, again, I was fortunate, I think, because as I said, my children had grown. Mm-hmm. I didn't have some of the responsibilities right. that someone may have at this age. Right. And neither was I that career focused anymore mm-hmm. because I'd, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd reached the top and then some. You know, I'd right. I anticipated when I moved yeah. here, I didn't plan to be a CEO. Right. Well, so and I think there's, yeah, there's so many things that you said in there because number one, we have got to know us. We've mm. really got to know us and be okay with recognizing and being aware of when things aren't right. Cause it was the same thing with me, right? Gained weight. I was not being nice to people. I wasn't being as nice to my team. I wasn't as patient. Yeah. I wasn't present with family. And it just, it just wasn't okay. Right. And so it's really important that we don't lose sight of who we are and that we start paying attention when things don't feel right. And we don't just blow them off. Right. Because, Oh, I'm just tired. Oh, I'm just, it'll be okay. When this project is over, it'll be okay. When I get this person hired, it'll be stop. It won't It won't. just stop and really evaluate. Is this temporary? Or is this really a function of, I am not where I want to be. I am not happy. There is a disconnect. And you, and as you said, you have to be honest with yourself, whether it's really a disconnect or if it's just growing pains, because it's something new, right. And you, you want to push through that if you really want it, or is it really time to move? And whatever that answer is, be okay with it. And this comes comes up a lot and it it would have come up to a lot in a different way from in my earlier, in my earlier career, Mm -hmm. in the fact that when you were changing organization, you tell you hand your notice in. Yes. If you're if you're a good employee, usually they yes. will do that. The organization do the utmost to keep you, and it's usually yes. in the form of money. Yes. But money was not the problem. Right. You know, money is, and right. if you and and I've seen too many people. I, I watch people going, "You're accepting the cash. You're going to be swayed by the cash." But if cash was the problem, you could and you were and you're as good as you say you are. Yes. You negotiated that and you can negotiate Absolutely. your reviews. Yes. So be honest with yourself. Yes. What is the real problem? Because six months down and, and for me as an employer as well, yeah. I recognize that. But me six too. months down the line, that employee is not going to be with you anymore because right. you haven't fixed yes. what the issue is or they haven't been honest themselves or with you yes. to what the reason was they want to what, why they want to leave in their career. Exactly. And I, as, as an HR person, we'd have this all the time, people wanting to stay, wanting to negotiate managers saying, Oh my gosh, we've got to keep, we just got to give them more money. Okay. But do you know why they're really leaving? Yeah. And do you know that it may be that they're leaving because of you? So there's not any amount of money 
we can give to them that's going to fix you at this moment, right? Because that's the disconnect for them. Or, or maybe we're just too small, or maybe we just don't have the right kind of opportunities because we're dealing with all kinds of old culture and old org structure that people just, some people just aren't going to be patient with, right? And so, as you said, that really knowing what it is you want and where you are in your career and in your life, because it could be that, you know what, right now, I may hate it here, but I've got bills to pay. I got kids to yep. put through college. Yep. I've got yep. aging parents. Yep. I'm just going to have to suck it up. It's not bad enough for yep. me to walk exactly. away at the moment, but I'm also going to not hurt me because I'm mad at them and I'm going to make a plan. Welcome to part two of my interview with Janice Sutherland. We are completely different today, as you can see. And that's because we are making lemonade out of lemons. We had an interesting, not we, I had an interesting (laughs) challenge with the uh, power grid in Texas when we were recording the first part of the interview. So we just decided, you know what? It's all about being real and being authentic Mm -hmm. and it happens. So we got a good piece of that. Now we're starting into the next piece of this interview and it's still gonna be fabulous. So um, welcome for those of you who are actually watching instead of listening so you can see the the difference. (laughs) So where we're gonna start today is um, we may have mentioned it really briefly um, in the very first part of the interview, but for this last part, I really want to talk about how we serve, right? And how we serve as women. And one of the things when, when Janice and I connected was we are both operating in the same space, right? We are both operating in with women who are in corporate, women of color, trying yeah. to make career transitions. This is the same space we operate in. And one of the things that happens, whether you are staying in that corporate space and you're one of very few women of color in your organization, or whether you're looking at doing a business, is we get into this thing of scarcity. Well, Mm -hmm. I can't do it because somebody else is doing it, or I can't talk to them because they may take my job because they only have, they only want one of us, right? Yeah. But it was really important for me and Janice to have this conversation because I wanted to demonstrate that one, that's a scarcity mindset. It's Mm -hmm. not real, right? There is plenty, there are billions of people. And two, you still learn and engage and grow in talking to people who are in your same space. So Janice, talk a little bit about when we were, we were having this conversation, what comes up for you and for the people you work with around that scarcity mindset and moving past that? I, I mean, I think one of the things that really stands out is that as, as a society, especially when it comes to black women, women of color, yes. we have always had the notion that there can be one woman at the top. When you look at when when you look at, you know, music, when you look Mm -hmm. at movies and stuff like that, there's always just the one or or, and and if if two does come up, they're pitted against each other. Who's the better? Yes. You know, who's the better of the two? Well, they're both damn good. And I both, I like yes. both of them, you yes. know, so there's, so there's no real competition, but we all have different tastes. So what one, mm-hmm. per, you know, what you like in one person may not what somebody else likes in them and they like in the yeah. other person. Yes. So when it comes to scarcity, I often tell the women, you know, do not be looking at anybody else. Right. This is about you. This is your move. You know, they cannot make that move for you. They cannot make you happy. That's mm-hmm. your responsibility. Yes. So you have to go with what makes you what, what gives you joy, what makes you yeah. smile, what will make you get up in the morning. Nobody yeah. else is going to do that for you. So right. don't worry about them. Yes. You know, and yes. there's so many, as you said earlier, there's so many billions of people. 
you know i think yes. i think I, even i suffered from the scarcity mindset one yeah. point. You know, yeah. even starting out thinking well this so-and-so is doing this and they're doing that i'm like but are they say different strokes for different folks yes We've all got different qualities. Mm-hmm. You know, how I coach may not be the way you coach. Right. And it may not resonate with that woman, but it could resonate with another woman. Yes. You know, and some of the best things I've had just from doing stuff like this and having these conversations mm-hmm. is that we recognize maybe I'm not the best coach for you, yes. but I know someone who will be, who may be able to help. So yes. let me refer you to them. Yes. Oh my gosh. I say this all the time. See y'all, this is why we're connected (laughs) and why (laughs) I wanted to talk to Janice because I say that all the time. You know what? I am more than happy to get on a conversation with you and talk about how we can work together, but I will not be offended if I am not the right fit for you, if it doesn't feel well, because I know enough people in my network that I can probably get you someone because at the end of the day, it's not about me. It's about serving you. And sometimes the best way for me to serve you is to give you and refer you to someone else who is the better fit. And I'm all about that. I'm all about that. Right. And as you said, it's do the thing that brings you joy. Do the thing that's in your zone of genius because you do it in the unique way that you do it. Yeah, it's what makes you you. That's that's your USB. You know, yes. nobody else can do that. Oh, sorry, your unique selling point. Yes. <laughs> you know, so yes. nobody nobody else yeah. can do. Nobody else can do that. That's right. it's all about you. You know how who I am, how I am, my personality, how mm-hmm. I connect with women, how I feel comfortable connecting with women. Yeah. It's just me. And he's like, how do you do it? I'm like, I don't know. It's just who I am. Yes. You know, it's just yes. my quality. It's just my quality. Exactly. You know, it's it, years ago, years ago, I was, it was, um, I was working with a, a, a organization and what they were doing was creating video resumes for people. This was years ago. This was right, before right. the whole video thing. Right. Yeah. And I went out there and part of what they did was interview you. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, and get this information so they could ask you good questions and things. And one of the things he said was, so tell me how you do what you do. And I couldn't yeah. answer the question. Yeah. And he kind of looked at me and started laughing. And I was like, what? I was like, I just, I just do it. And he yeah. said, it's very interesting. The more senior you are in your career, yeah. the harder it is for you to describe how you do what you do, mm-hmm. because it becomes just an, an, an innate part of all of the experiences you have had leading up to that time and the yeah. skills you've developed that is just natural, right? Your yes. instincts just kick in, those data points just kick in, right? Yeah. So, so that whole idea of your USP, right? Unique mm-hmm. selling point. When you're working with women and they're really trying to decide, what do I do next? Where do I go? What decision do I make? How do you help them? Because this is a hard thing. Yeah. How do you help them identify for yeah. themselves yeah. that USP to be able to say, no, this is how I do that. One of the things I start doing, especially when they're looking at new roles is mm-hmm. I ask, I, I, I always start with what are your non-negotiables? Yes. First of all, you know, mm-hmm. brown, you know, around uh, career relationships, mm-hmm. finances, the whole, the whole thing, the whole thing, what are your non-negotiables? And it's amazing how many women have never thought about yes. what is important to me. Yeah. You know, because we as women are very adept at putting ourselves down the bottom of the rung when it comes to priorities, you know, and and sometimes it seems like like I'm cursing them when I say you need to put yourself first. 
this, hello you know put this, your mask on sharp, first this, this sharp intake of breath mm-hmm. and like if i can't ask what you, you know but if you go down everything else around you will yeah. go down too yes so you know so this is about putting you first so look at your not look at your non-negotiables what are the values it is what you're looking for being satisfied from what you're doing now Yes. And it's a real hard, honest conversation yeah. because the first thing women will tell you that the challenge they have, the change of careers is about money. And it's yes. never, it's very rarely money. Never. It's never. Very, 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 yeah. very, very, very rarely money. Yeah. You know, there's an underlying, there's something else underlying that's making you unsettled. Mm-hmm. And yes. if money was the problem, we could always find a way to kind of, you know, to sort always. that out. Yes. Most, you know, especially when you get to a senior level. Yes. You know, you, 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 you've already kind of got the trappings. If you're yes. starting out, I can understand. But, mm-hmm. you know, you're at a senior level now, you've got a decent salary and right. you're still not settled. You're still you, but you can't just put your finger on what it is. Yeah. And it's quite, quite often that your values are out of sync, you know, mm-hmm. that not again, because, and I always tell women what you wanted in your twenties should be what you want in your 40s right or you haven't evolved or there's something going on here you know it's natural it's totally natural for what you want at this stage of your career to be have no correlation to what it was 20 years 20 years ago exactly realistic if you're 40 chances are you've got at least another 20 years of working Right. So you might as right. well be happy in what you're doing. So yes. let's start getting it right now. Let's start identifying yes. what that is now. And mm-hmm. who's not to say another 10 years down the line? It's going to change again. Exactly. It's okay. It's okay to change. It's okay. It's okay. Evolution. That's what we yes. do. We evolve. Yes. You know, the same way my gray hairs are giving me away, <laughs> giving me all away, you know. <laughs> I call them my wisdom highlights. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yes. I'm, 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 they're not, they're not strong enough yet. I have goals. Yes. I have gray hair goals. Yes. yes so, uh... <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, and that's, I think, you know, as we, as we look at, I think for both of us, wanting women to really stand in their power, not wanting anyone to feel the way we felt, right. To be in that yeah. situation where you feel like you're crazy, you can't make a change, right. Yeah. You can't make a choice. Your communication is bad. Something has happened. And your first thing you do is say, it's all me. Now, yeah. we know you do need to look to home, right? Let's, mm-hmm. is it me or is it them? We do need yeah. to look at yeah. that. But we can't sit in that wallow and own everything that's not ours. It's not always no. us. No. Sometimes it's just a fit. And yeah. so as we really think about having to move forward and, and enabling the women that we work with to really stand in that power. What are one or one or two really key things that you would say if you're looking to make a change, yeah. if you're looking to really do something different and move into this place of much more joy, much more calm, much more peace, yeah. here are the one or two things I would say you need to do to start. What would those yeah. be for you? The first thing would be your mindset. Mm. You have to believe you can do this. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm not saying it's going to be a walk in the park. I'm not saying it's going to be some work that has to happen on the way. But you have to know ultimately that you have the ability, the capability, the mindset and the wherewithal to yes. do this. So that yes. self-belief is, you know, because that self-doubt, it's, it's a wounder. You know, it can really do a lot of damage where you keep doubting and second guessing everything yeah. you're going to do. Even if it goes wrong, 
Yes. You know, to me, that's a learning, that's an experience, you know? Mm -hmm. So, okay, step back. What did I do? What did I do that didn't go so, didn't go so right? What can I learn from it? So mindset is everything. Yes. And the second thing, and this is my, my, my term, what Mm -hmm. I always love to use, be prepared to swerve. Yes. It yes. doesn't go in a straight line. It doesn't happen mm. that way. That's not how it happened. Not unless you're on a very, very rigid mm-hmm. career path mm-hmm. and be prepared to swerve. And, and yeah. I've definitely learned for me, I've learned to kind of lean in or mm-hmm. so you'll lean back or lean forward into yes. where it's taking me and not be afraid of it. Mm-hmm. Be open, be receptive to new experiences, to new challenges or you know and think oh how is this this is testing a little bit yeah but, you know I, I've got the skills to do this let me just look let me just take a step stop think how can I overcome this how can yes. I meet this head on you know so it's not be it's not being afraid of what's coming new we have been on this planet long enough yes <laughs> long enough we have hit many hurdles we didn't get yeah. this far in life without having a few hurdles right in that path Right. And we are still here. So whatever it is still that got here. you, whatever got you over those hurdles, mm-hmm. tap into that. Yes. Oh, I love that. We're much, much more, we're much stronger than we believe and than we think. Yes. Oh, I love that. It's my uh, mantra that I have taped to my computer is trust yourself. In yeah. this moment, you are enough. In this yeah. moment, you have everything you need. Excellent. Right. So trust that swerve, you know, I love that lean into that swerve, just, just go. And, and, and I think if you talk to women in particular, who have gotten to a place of real peace and calm and what they want to do and where they want to be, nobody's path was straight. Not a single person. Don't believe Instagram. Don't believe Facebook. Nobody came out of the womb. No, this is it. Right. Yeah. There's always something. And even people who decided at two, they wanted to be a doctor and are now a doctor had some stuff along the way. So give yourself, as Janice just said, give yourself that opportunity to swerve, give yourself that opportunity to swerve. Right. Well, Janice, this has been amazing. We're going to have to do it again. Thank you for your patience and for swerving with me with all of this technical challenge. Um, I think it has been a fantastic conversation and people are going to get so much out of it. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your being a guest on the Rutledge Perspective. Guys, her bio and her contact information is going to be in the show notes. So please reach out to her, follow her. Uh, She's got some amazing tips and tricks and guidance. It is all about getting as much information and as much perspective as you can, as you move through the career that you want, the life that you want, the business that you want to build. Thank you for tuning in to the Rutledge Perspective. It has been a pleasure to have you. And we will catch you next time. Take care. Bye. You've been watching The Rutledge Perspective. Thank you for tuning in. If we have given you a different perspective, or if you've learned something new that you hadn't thought about before, please subscribe to The Rutledge Perspective podcast where you get your favorite podcasts. And give us a like on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher. We really appreciate it. And your feedback is important as well as we use that to inform our next episodes. You can also head over to my website, laurelrutledge.com and download a freebie called Where's My Mojo that can really help you get out of your rut or maybe talk you back off that ledge of frustration. You can also find previous episodes of The Rutledge Perspective on laurelrutledge.com. I really appreciate your tuning in. 
Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time.